first song is about recognising um, the situation we find ourselves in uh, without God. Um, it's just as I am. And the third verse says, just as I am, poor, wretched, blind. And so that's, that's the kind of position we, we are our starting position, isn't it? But when we come to God, we, we can see again. So our second uh, song is Praise the Lord, number 122, which is, When I look into your holiness, when I gaze into your loveliness, when all things that surround become shadows in the light of you. So number 71, and then 122. As we are. Knowing that there's no point pretending that we're something else. No point trying to cast an illusion or persuade other people because you know us. You can see directly inside of us our hearts and our thoughts. And Father, that would be a terrifying thing except that we know you. That you are a God of love and grace. You're a God of healing and peace. And as we come to you, as we open our eyes, gaze upon you, your loveliness and your lovely son. We know that there's nothing to worry about. Bless us, we pray, as we join together as a family in this service of worship, of thinking, of reading, of praying, of teaching, and remembering. Bless us, each and every one, in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, Care News. Uh, Andy Lang's granddad died peacefully yesterday afternoon. Please pray for comfort for Andrew's grandma, Auntie Rita, mum and the rest of the family. Dev and Phoebe are going to be married next Saturday and we pray for um, God's rich blessing on them. Good to see that the uh, extension has all tied up in just, just in the nick of time. Please remember um, Marion, Gladys and Pauline and others who struggle. Uh, Gladys doesn't feel well enough to come today. And Joe is praying for Ken News next week as she has been this week. So any, anything you'd like to bring to attention, please do. So now it's time for our, our pastoral prayers. Is there anything you'd like to uh, mention? Just bow your head and we'll pray together. Father God, Lord, at this time we draw together again as a family. We lift up to you the people who are close to our hearts. We pray for Andy and his family as they, they mourn the loss of Andy's grandfather. Lord, he's had a, a long, fulfilled life. He's been a blessing to all who've known him. But that doesn't make it any easier when the end comes. So be with Andy and his family and bless them richly, I pray. pray that you be with Dev and Phoebe as they make the last-minute preparations for their wedding and all the family. And we pray that as all the kind of odds and ends swirl around their heads needing to be sorted out, they still get time to focus on the really important part of the day, their union um, together in front of you. Bless them richly, we pray, Lord. We pray for all our family, especially those who don't get to come very often. Pray that you'll be with Pauline and Gladys. Have a, let them know your special care this morning, Father. And all the many people who are on our own individual hearts, Father. 
have needs that we don't know about, but you do. Be with, be with them, Lord. And help us to do the right things, Father. To say the right things. To carry out the right actions. That bring your love, that convey your love to all those around us. Be with this family, Lord. In Jesus' name. So we're going to take a reading now, which is from John chapter 9, and uh, Mike is going to read that for us. The Gospel of John, chapter 9. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming, when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said this, he spat on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he said. Sorry, go, he told him. Washing the pool of Siloam, this word means sent. So the man went and washed, and came home seeing. His neighbours and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't it the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open, they demanded. He replied, The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go what he told me to wash. Sorry, he told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man? they asked him. I don't know, he said. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was the Sabbath. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, How can a sinner do such miraculous signs? So they were divided. Finally they turned against the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. Man replied, He is a prophet. The Jews still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent to the man's parents. Is this your son, they asked? Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that he can, he can see? We know he is our son, the man said, and we know he was born blind. How he can see now, or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews. For already the Jews had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Christ, that Jesus was the Christ, would be put out of the synagogue. That was why the parents said, He is of age, ask him. A second time they summoned the man who had been, who had been blind. Give glory to God, they said. We know this man is a sinner. He replied, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know 
I was born blind, but now I see. Then they asked him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I have told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become disciples, become his disciples too? Then they hurled insults at him and said, You are this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses. But as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, Now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly man who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the man, the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not born blind, he could do nothing. To this they replied, You are steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me, so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, What? Are we blind too? Jesus said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim that you can see, your guilt remains. So we all start off in the same position, don't we? We all start off blind. And slowly God leads us. He opens our eyes and leads us to be able to see. So before Tony comes and speaks to us, I thought we'd sing from uh, the Green Hymn Book, number three. Lead me, Lord. Lead me in thy righteousness. Make thy way plain before my face. Number three. So it's always good to see you, Tony. And we look forward to you uh, coming to exhort us now. like this chapter 9 of John. Um, I've had reason to use it before to speak about. I might, I might talk about that a bit later. Okay. Um, there's a lot in it. And as with all scripture, I kind of always see extra things. You know, you always look and find something new, I believe. This man... Jesus going along with his disciples and they see this man and his disciples say, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now, I'm told that there were kind of three common sorts of beliefs in those days, not necessarily all of the Jewish faith um, about, about this. Um, there has been around for many years and still is the idea of reincarnation back as a toad or a, a paper clip or, <laughs> or if you've done really badly as a human if you know if you've led a bad life then as you if you lead a good life you come back as something good so there, there's that school of thought that is around it's not it's not it's not of the Jewish faith but it did exist I'm told 
Um, the other one is that, um, that this man was born blind because uh, a sin is passed down from, from generation to generation. So somebody way back did something bad, or maybe just the, the man's parents, and as a consequence, as a punishment almost, this man was born blind. And this is quite common as we sort of can um, deduce from what we read among particularly the Pharisees. And the other one is that, um, that, that somehow you can sin in the womb. And I think this comes from the idea of Jacob and Esau sort of fighting there in the womb. And the idea that, that, that there was already something 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 going wrong in there at that time. Uh, but Jesus says, uh, not, neither this man nor his parents. In fact, what he's saying is, I think you're missing the point, you know. And, and the lesson that he teaches his disciples is, don't, don't ask why. Don't ask why. Who knows why? It's probably ours not to know why. We ask all these questions about why God does this and why God does that. Why does God allow suffering? There's a, we could fill a whole year of lectures about that, couldn't we? And, and, and talks about why God allows suffering and everybody has their own views on it. And for some people it's, a, it's really um, a barrier to faith. It's a barrier to belief. From a personal point of view, although my faith is is very up and down, and I do have terrible lows with it at times, that's never been a real issue for me. And I think that Jesus puts us on the right track when he says, "Well, don't ask why. What can you do about? It? What can we do about it? You know, this is a chance to show God in His glory, to show compassion and act. And many people do find faith." in seeing good things come out of bad. It does strengthen us when we realise that there is something that, that, that causes man to do good in spite of all we see around. And so what Jesus says, this is happening that God might be glorified in healing and showing compassion. And it's not, I, we don't all have the power to heal. Well, I don't think any of us do actually. Um, we know that God does and that's up to him whether he does or not but we have the power to show compassion and to act and to help wherever's, where it's ever possible and that is in itself a great glorification to God and it shows God in his glory to other people this man, this man born blind, like so many um, of Jesus' um, I was going to say victims, but that's not quite the right word, is it? Uh, is there a word for it? Somebody who's been uh, miraculously healed. Is it a, a, a miracle in, I suppose? Is there a word for that? So a recipient of miracles? I don't know. Well, this man, like so many of these, these people that Jesus heals, is... Um, is so uh, representative of us. 
And Charles talked about it, about our own blindness, our spiritual blindness. And this man, in so many ways, represents us. And as I say, this is common, where Jesus heals someone. But the, the, the person that receives the healing is, is a representative of us and teaches us so much about ourselves. Um, this man was not seeking Jesus, not like Bartimaeus, who fought through the crowds and battled to get Jesus' attention. Um, this man was found by Jesus. We, he didn't even know who Jesus was, which is remarkable. He'd been blind all his life. And Jesus, it may have, uh, he may have been drawn uh, to Jesus' attention by the disciples, but Jesus, nonetheless, doesn't, in this case, wait to be sought. He goes, he sees the need, and he provides. Again, that's empathy, compassion in action, which we can all do to our own degree. This man, uh, we know Jesus uh, kind of spits in the mud and wipes the mud on his eyes. And I think the first, <laughs> the first instinct might be to wash it off. I mean, if you've ever been, if you ever remember, if you've ever been like me and remember your mum with a hanky and spitting on it, so coming just got the, and wiping it off. I think you don't really feel terribly clean after that. So I mean, his instinct is that he's going to wash it off, but Jesus. Jesus tells him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. So it, it, it's a specific order and, you know, he doesn't wipe it off his eyes. He could have wiped it off his eyes there and then. He needs to go there and I don't know whether it's the same pool as... I don't think it's the same pool as one at Bethesda. I don't know. Anybody know? Is it a different pool? Different pool? Yeah, different pool. It's a different pool. But anyway, I would suggest that it's probably a similar sort of thing, that it's probably, there are probably crowds around it. And we, we hear about the other pool, um, where this man had been waiting 30 years or more to try and get to the pool, and he, he had a job to get there. And I would suggest that this also is the case, that this man wouldn't have found terribly easy access to this pool. I don't know for sure. This is my my assumption, could be wrong, but I think that there's still a lot of the man needs to show some faith, he needs to believe that he's going to be healed and what he's told to do is going to work, that he doesn't just wipe it off there and then or find the nearest water we don't actually know how close by the pool is that he's told to go and wash in, but nonetheless he goes to wash it and so this man washes his face and then the neighbours arrive on the scene don't they, the nosy neighbours and if you anybody my age might remember the, the, the program Bewitched on the telly. Anybody remember that one? With the nosy neighbours, the woman that was always looking at the out of the window. I can't remember her name. Kravitz or something. Clampett. No, that's something else. <laughs> Nosing and seeing what's going on. And uh, uh, the, well, the nosy neighbours come and they see this man. Hey, look, you know. This man, I'm sure he was that blind bloke. And see, you see what happened there. Um, and they come and they sit and, uh, and they see him and they take him to the Pharisees. And they say to himself, uh, is he the man? Is he the man? Uh, just 
looks like him. And he says, I'm the man. So they have your eyes open and he tells them. And here, he just tells them the plain truth. He just says, a man called Jesus made some mud, put it on my eyes, told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and then I could see. Simple as that. Just the plain truth. And that really is for us the greatest witness and testimony that we can give, isn't it? Just tell people the truth. What the Lord has done for us. What's happened to us in our lives. We're taken to the Pharisees and uh, we're told that by the way, this was the Sabbath. This crops up time and time again. It's like this little small print that the Pharisees can get him on because he always eludes them and he always comes up with clever answers for them. But it's like they've got him on the Sabbath, haven't they? They've got him on that one, they feel, and they pursue it. because It's a bit like Al Capone, this, this kind of mass murderer and, and gangster that, that, that lived in the 20s in around Chicago and in spite of all the crimes that he did they had to get him on tax law to get him into prison and it's kind of like that with the Pharisees they find something in the small print because they're that desperate to get Jesus that they're going to get him on the Sabbath but of course we know that Sabbath is for us grace we're not cured we're not we're not cured by observing the Sabbath. We're not brought to grace. We're not um, cleansed from our sins through observing a special day, through following special riches. We're, we're, we're cured by... We're, we're healed and we're given, we're, we're given a, a new life through grace. I'm sorry, I'm terribly stammering this morning. I'm aware of that. Often it happens. Deep breaths. Um, so we're, we're cured by grace and grace is every moment of every day it doesn't just happen on a special day does it and this is what what, uh, what we learn here and the Pharisees um, uh, grill this man they give him a really hard time what has the man done? he hasn't done nothing he's just been healed and he's just told the truth. He's done nothing else. And this is where we kind of... I kind of think of my baptism at this time. And I think about uh, how... I, I don't know, I kind of expected something special to happen. I expected my life to be changed. Of course, I was changed. I became a new creation. But I didn't understand in which way how. I don't know, I kind of felt perhaps that I could achieve all my goals. I expected something very magical to happen. And sometimes I think some people think that they expect that to happen um, before they're baptised. And that often stops them. They're waiting for something to happen. And it doesn't. Uh, sometimes it's a starting point, isn't it? Isn't it, baptism? This man it's a whole new life. It's a beginning. Again, it's a birth. It's a rebirth. So really, you're starting from scratch. And so, I, I, I once had to speak at a baptism. 
actually. Uh, I haven't been speaking. I don't. Last time I was here, somebody reminded John reminded me that I, I said I didn't like speaking. I'm always stuttering and stammering, and you can understand why. I, especially when I hear myself, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> That's horrible. But um, no, so I spoke at this baptism. I think I was I was a friend of the family, so I was asked, and um, I use this chapter because it reminded me. Um, it was at Crew. Okay, I don't know whether you know Crew Meeting or not. I didn't, but I started off by singing Amazing Grace. <laughs> it didn't go down very well, the whole thing, really. I, <laughs> I started singing Amazing Grace because I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I because here it says it's what the man says I was blind and now I see some, a sister of mine whom I didn't know in the, somewhere in the front row just went <laughs> <laughs> so I knew it was going to be a bad afternoon <laughs> so I ploughed on but I, I tell you what, I'm the sort of person whose glass is kind of half empty I, I have to confess I know it's not good um, I'm not one of these op- optimistic people and I'm sure that there's some, there's some research done at Cambridge or Oxford that suggests I'll live five years younger than people who are optimistic. But I've tried to change and I can't. This is going awfully, isn't it? <laughs> so, no, this, I'm, I'm a glass half empty man. And so I sort of started and I started talking about this is not... You know, for, for this man, his troubles really began when he found his sight. And I'm saying, so it came across like I was saying to this young brother, new brother, it, here, it's all downhill. His troubles really begin. I could see the man, <laughs> I could see the lad's father sitting there. <laughs> and people thinking, I'm thinking of getting baptised. You know, I'm not so sure. Uh, so, maybe not the best way, but it's still, I still feel it's true. Although, it's not quite like that. I mean, what we've got is Jesus says, he's not for me, he's against me, isn't he? And so, you're either on Jesus, you're either with Jesus, you're either in Jesus, or you're not. There's no middle ground. And if you're not in Jesus, you're against Jesus. And if you're in Jesus, then those people against Jesus are against you, aren't they? And so you are going to have trouble. And this man shows us the best way forward for us to tell people the good news is to tell the truth, what God has done for us. And what does it do? It gets this man into hot water, doesn't it? It gets him into trouble. But it's the way to go. It's the way forward. We've got to do this. There are all sorts of other positive things and we get a perspective because what we realise with this man is that whatever he encounters, whatever goes on after he's found his sight, whatever hardship, I mean he's even prepared to get thrown out of, thrown out of the temple, be disfellowshipped by the Jews, by the Pharisees as it were. He's even prepared for that because... He needs to tell the truth. He needs to tell it like it is and how it is for him. 
and nothing that he encounters can possibly compare with a whole life of being blind. Come on. And imagine what that must be like of never ever seeing and then suddenly to see like that. And for us, whatever we encounter, it cannot compare with being newly created in Jesus. Come on, surely. To have our sins forgiven. To be seated in the heavenly places. Can it? Can't. And the future that God promises us. And the life with him. And with the Lord Jesus. And the life that we share in fellowship together. And those are all the things that strengthen us as well. Those visions and those times that we share. And the times that we remember. And nothing compares with that. So we've got to get a perspective on it. So I'm not preaching doom and gloom here. I'm not preaching a downhill journey. I'm preaching a way forward. A new life in Christ where we live together and we share fellowship and we see the future and we experience grace beyond our wildest dreams. And nothing compares to this. And this man again shows faith because the Pharisees say, you know, what What happened? What happened? You know, tell us again. The man said, I told you. You know, and this is what, I told you but you didn't believe. And Jesus I think right in the chapter before says, you know, I tell you, but you don't hear me. And this is what the man says, I've told you, why, why do you need to know again? I, I was blind, this man came and put, I don't know who he is, but he came and he put mud on my eyes and now I can see. Uh, and the Pharisees say, well, this man can't be from God. Why not? Because he did it on the Sabbath. A <laughs> small thing. <laughs> and it, when you put it like that, it does seem a little ridiculous, doesn't it? That they're trying. But the man says quite plainly, and he demonstrates tremendous faith here, because he looks at what happens in his life, and he attributes it to God. And he says, I was blind, I can see. Who else could have done that but God? Who, if this man had not been if God had not been with him, would God have granted him this? This man was of God. I don't know who he is, but I know he was from God. Because only God could have done this to me. And that's the source of faith in our lives, isn't it? When we look back and see how far we've come, and we attribute it to God, and we see, despite of all the ups and downs, we're here now. And we look back and we attribute where we've come to God. So the man showing faith again by attributing this work to God in spite of the pressure, in spite of the threat of being thrown out of the synagogue, which, he, which happens. Okay. And then the Pharisees say, how can you talk to us this way? You were born in sin. So, uh, so that what they're what they're implying here is that this man was born in sin. They must have been born to righteousness. They're thinking, 
you're bringing you were born in sin. So therefore, I think that the implication is that they're saying we were not. And then we think of the prayer of the publican and the Pharisee. I thank you, says the Pharisee, that I'm not like other men, that I was born a righteous, upright man. And then Jesus, of course, tells them that it is they who are blind. It is they because they think they can see, because they think they have no need for him, for God's grace, then they won't receive it. And I think of the Beatitudes. And what the Beatitudes say to me is, blessed are you if you need God in this way. Because God will grant you what you need. That's what all the Beatitudes say. To me. Blessed are you if you are lacking this because God will give it to you and more. But what Christ says here is he says this man had nothing to lose and everything to gain. You, on the other hand, have nothing to gain. Nothing to gain because you believe you have it all. God's grace is definitely there for them, but they don't see the need for it. And so Jesus calls them blind. I'm just going to read three verses out of the chapter to finish off with. When Jesus heard that they'd thrown him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. So now we now know that he's prepared to believe in him. Jesus said, You've now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking to you. Then the man said, and we echo this man's words. Lord, I believe. And we echo this man in God. And he worshipped him. Thank you very much, Tony. That was uh, really helpful. It's, uh, it's good to identify with these characters and see how, how Jesus led them on. And you know what? I thought it might be a good idea if we sang <laughs> number 134 from Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Praise the Lord number 134. It's certainly good to, I think, uh, look back over your life and, and see how far you've come and to attribute that to, to God. And uh, what more powerful a reminder can we have of what God has done for us than to share this bread and wine together. So Day Church is going to offer our thanks for this. Dear Lord, we believe. We believe and we worship you, our Lord Jesus. And on, on this beautiful day, we can 
sea, we can see the sun, and we can feel the warmth of the sun. And in this room, we can feel the warmth of your love, our Lord Jesus, and our Father God. We can feel your love, and we can see your compassion. We see your compassion in the bread that we're about to share. We see the depth of your grace. No matter how deep our shame, no matter how deep our sin, your grace is deeper still. So as we take this bread, I pray that we would learn more of your love, more of your grace and that we would see more clearly how you see us. How you see us as perfect, as made perfect in your Son, the Lord Jesus. And just as we see and feel the warmth of the Son, so, our Lord Jesus, we feel the warmth of your love, but we also long to see you, to see you reappear, and be with us. So as we take this bread, we long for your return as well, our Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father God, for your love. Thank you, Jesus, for your compassion. It's in your mighty name that we we can pray. Amen. And he brings with him grace and truth. And this bread represents his body. Dear Lord and Father, we are about to do a very simple thing, that we will share a cup of wine together. Lord, that is no simple act. Lord, it's our acknowledgement that we do every week, again and again, that we need your forgiveness. Bless this cup to us. It's the reminder of the blood that was shed for us. The blood that's necessary to cover our sins. And we do this each week because we sin and sin and sin again. Lord, we feel cleansed. We feel anew. Like the blind man, we can see. But that gift of sight that we have does not always lead us your way. We choose to follow our own. We choose to go by the broad way. The way that leads to sin and death. Help us, Lord, to walk the righteous way. To do your will. To do as the Lord Jesus did. Help every one of us, Lord, 
bless us, keep us safe. That, Lord, we may be constantly washed in you, in the blood of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Great his love for us in this, that while we were, we were still blind sinners, Christ died for us. This wine of such as love. Before we close, to uh, have some words of wisdom from the um, reading for the day from the, the book of Proverbs. And Trevor's going to read this for us. I was kind of hoping that Julie would be here for this reading, but I'm not going to tell you why. Proverbs 27. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Let another praise you, and not your own mouth, someone else, and not your own lips. Stone is heavy, and sand a burden, but provocation by a fool is heavier than both. Anger is cruel, and fury overwhelming, but who can stand before jealousy? Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds for a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. He who is full loathes honey, but to the hungry even what is bitter tastes sweet. Like a bird that strays from its nest is a man who strays from his home. Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and on the pleasantness of one's friend springs from his earnest counsel. Do not forsake your friend and the friend of your father, and do not go to your brother's house when disaster strikes you. Better a neighbour nearby than a brother far away. Be wise, my son, and bring joy to my heart. Then I can answer anyone who treats me with contempt. The prudent see danger and take refuge. But the simple keep going and suffer for it. Take the garment of one who puts up security for a stranger. Hold it in pledge if he does it for a wayward woman. If a man loudly blesses his neighbour early in the morning... It will be taken as a curse. A quarrelsome wife is like a constant dripping on a rainy day. Restraining her is like restraining the wind or grasping oil with the hand. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. He who tends a fig tree will eat its fruit, and he who looks after his master will be honoured. As water reflects a face, so a man's heart reflects the man. Death and destruction are never satisfied, and neither are the eyes of man. The crucible for silver, and the furnace for gold, but man is tested by the praise he receives. Though you grind a fool in a mortar, grinding him like grain with a pestle, 
you will not remove his folly from him. Be sure you know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds, for riches do not endure forever, and a crown is not secure for all generations. When the hay is removed and new growth appears, and the grass from the hills is gathered in, the lambs will provide you with clothing, and the goats with the price of the field. You will have plenty of goat's milk to feed you and your family, and to nourish your servant girl. So we've thought about going from blindness to being able to see, from darkness to light. And so let's um, close by singing from Praise the Lord number 221, which is a song which asks for the whole world to be filled with the light of God. Lord, the light of your love is shining, in the midst of the darkness shining. Jesus, light of the world, shine upon us. Let us free by the truth you now bring us. After which Steve Tanner joins closing prayer. Father, what can we say? You've blessed us with this time where brother and sister can meet together and remember you and your son, our saviour. And in return we give our service back to you, Father. We pray that it reaches you with a sweet smelling savour and you are pleased with us. And Lord, as you created this world, your world, you looked upon it and you saw it and it was good. What do you see now, Father? What do you see now when you look at your world? Yes, it is still beautiful. But we stained it, Father. And the evil desires of man has made a mess of this world. And here now your children stand before you. And we want to scrub away at that stain. Father, I pray that you give us opportunity this week to shine for you to push back that darkness, to clean up this world. Father, thank you for your son Jesus, that he's opened our eyes to you and your love. Help us now to take our sight and use it to your good and to your glory. Help us strengthen each other in our work for you, Father. Let us see where our brothers and sisters need us. Let us see where our neighbours need us. Father, it's only through your power that this world can be saved. Help us do your work, Lord, we pray.